Nick, you know what I like? What? Fresh coffee. Gabe, that's literally everyone. Everyone likes fresh coffee. Yeah, 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 but I know that. But actually, how many people get fresh coffee? I mean, most of it's roasted weeks before you take a sip. With Fruit of the Bean Coffee Roasters, that's not an issue. The coffee is roasted once you place the order, guaranteeing that you get the freshest coffee possible. So unless you live on a coffee farm, this is the best way to enjoy your next cup of coffee. Or a pot of coffee if you share our coffee drinking habits. Oh yeah, and another thing. Fruit of the Bean donates 10% of their net proceeds to help orphans and those affected by human trafficking. And you can even see how much they've donated on their website. Check out their site today for an extra 20% off as a special discount during these crazy times. Their website is fruitofthebean.com. Hey everyone, uh, we hope you're staying safe during this coronavirus fiasco. Uh, it is a real thing, so remember to wash your hands uh, with warm water and soap. I know that some people be skipping out on that. Don't do it, Nick, I'm looking at you. Hey, I use soap. It's very watered down, but it's soap. Hey, It's soap dish soap. soap. Dish soap. Dawn. Perfect. Yeah. Dawn. Man. Anyway, so this episode we talked with Carrie Aprick, and she is the, uh, she's a nutritionist. Nope. Wrong. Psych. <laughs> she's a dietitian. And check out this episode, and you can learn what the difference is between a nutritionist and a dietitian, because trust us, there is a difference. There is a difference, and Carrie, I am so sorry. I have already failed you. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Eat your veggies. Have you ever heard of an armchair quarterback? It means someone has an opinion but doesn't necessarily participate in the sport. But it also means that they care enough about the sport to discuss it and try to make it better. In our basketball world, we call this cardboard box seats. We see the game from afar like true fans, but we always show up with the same intensity as if we were at the games ourselves. We don't have the money or the connections like the other talking heads on TV, but we do have some ideas which might seem too out there, and honestly, we've got opinions which might change. Either way, we have fun, so come and watch the game with us from our cardboard box seats. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cardboard Box Eats. Nick's here. Gabe's here. And today we have a very special guest, Carrie Aprick. Hello. <laughs> Hi everyone. Carrie, why don't you mind, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, like who you are and, and what you do? Because you have uh, quite the resume. <laughs> it's a little crazy. I am a sports dietitian. I'm in uh, Detroit area of Michigan and I work with the Pistons. And I also work at a local university, Oakland University, and then I work with two um, Team USA sports, uh, the women's national hockey team and U.S. figure skating. So my uh, life in sport has evolved a little bit over the last couple of years, um, but I'm lucky to be able to be a part of all those organizations. That's awesome. Did you grow awesome. up liking basketball or, or figure skating or hockey or anything like that? Well, I grew up a figure skater. I was very much the prissy, like, anti-hockey skater, all, like, pink and sparkles. Um, so I never would have imagined being involved in hockey. And I hate to say this, and I hope no one from that hired me is listening, but I, like, I don't think I watched a Pistons game before I was ever hired by them. 
But my husband laughs now because I love the NBA. I watch every game on TV. We follow it so closly, and I just I love it. Same with hockey. I mean, just as soon as you're involved in the sport and you get to know the people in the game, I just you fall in love with it. So that's awesome. So uh, go ahead and give us the scenic route of your career thus far. Um, and you already mentioned a lot of kind of the different areas that you've worked in, and go ahead and hit on all of those uh, just kind of as you go along. Sure. So, I mean, I mentioned, you know, I was a figure skater, so I grew up, um, you know, from the time I was, I think about three, I have two older sisters who were figure skaters. So as soon as my parents could get me on the ice, they did. Um, so that we were all in one place at one time. So I've skated all the way through high school, um, started coaching in high school and actually coached until about four years ago when um, it became just too much to do nutrition career and coaching at the same time but of course that was kind of my start in the sports but I also have an uncle who was an athletic trainer and from a young age we um, he was the trainer for Purdue football so we uh, were always going to games he would take us in the training room we'd meet the coaches and like we just loved sports because of our uncle Denny and I think the combination of being an athlete and then being around him um, and learning from him just I just knew I wanted to be in sport and on top of that I loved food so <laughs> loved food loved cooking I was always watching you know Food Network instead of cartoons when I was a kid and <laughs> experimenting and making my mom eat crazy things so I think it was just bound to all come together at some point and when I realized you could do both of those things I was like so excited about it so in college I went into nutrition I started volunteering with what at the time was sports nutrition in its infancy Um, we did have a campus sports nutrition program for our varsity athletics Um, so I did a little bit of volunteering with them as a dietitian you have to go on and do an internship so while I did that after graduation I got back in touch with my um, um, mentor at the university who admitted me to a grad program back at Michigan State so I spent my grad program studying sports nutrition, but also doing um, some other research with kids on the side. And as I mentioned before, I was still coaching figure skating too. So seeing sports in a lot of different ways, and it all just kind of came together. And I knew that that was the path that I was going to go down. At the time, like I said, sports nutrition was very new. This was in 2009. Um, And my preceptors were very much discouraging me from going into it and felt like there's not a lot of opportunity. There's not a lot of jobs. It's something that it's so niche that you're not really going to go anywhere with it. Well, basically, the field just exploded. <laughs> and it was like right place at the right time. And it's just, it's a hugely growing field. So um, after grad school, I kind of played around with different consulting and working at different areas, taking on my own clients. And my husband got a new job at the same time. So it was the battle of <laughs> who was going to get the job first, where we were going to live, what opportunities we would have. So I did some consulting in the area with figure skaters. I reached out to Oakland University and started doing just a little bit of work with them. And that grew into um, contract work. And that then grew into a staff position. And along the way, I um, just kind of the Team USA gig just totally fell in my lap. It was, again, 
a right place, right time scenario. And the dietitian that pulled me into that also needed help with the women's national hockey team. Um, So that was kind of a two for one gig that I got involved with there. And just through networking with, um, we have a really good sports dietitian group, a national group, became friendly with um, the Red Wings dietitian who brought up this Pistons opportunity. So everything just kind of snowballed in the course of a, a couple of years and just exploded into some really exciting opportunities that I never really would have dreamed of. So I love, I love being a part of all these different organizations. And I think a little bit of a non-traditional path and very non-traditional work life, um, but it's grown into something that I really love. That's awesome. I mean, it definitely sounds like it's an awesome job and that, and that you love it. With like the um, U.S. women's hockey team, have you been able to go to the Olympics or the figure skating team? Have you been able to go to the Olympics with them? Yes, I was in uh, Pyeongchang in 2018 and absolute like honor of my life. <laughs> as magical as it looks on TV, it, it is exactly how it looks. It was it was an incredible experience. So, yeah, I went with I was working with both teams. When I was there, um, there were four of us dietitians on the ground at the games. So we have our, you know, our teams that we had been working with prior to the games. So for me, that was figure skating and women's hockey. But also myself and one other dietitian were in charge of um, the operation for all of the coastal village athletes. um, So that she was working with um, speed skating and curling. And we would just kind of provide coverage for all the athletes that are in the village there. So it was a big, big job. Never worked so hard in my whole life in those four weeks, but totally worth it. Well, the Olympics only come around once every four years. So, I mean, you got to work hard for it. You got to work hard for it. Oh, yeah. They make you work for it. (laughs) (laughs) So just for, I guess for my sake, or maybe Nick's sake, he probably knows it. He's pretty smart. But what is the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? Are they just, are they synonymous? Are they the same thing? Or is there something kind of fundamental that's different? Yeah, big, big difference. And that actually is a a touchy subject for a lot of dietitians because we get called nutritionists often. Uh (laughs) Basically, anybody can say they're a nutritionist, but registered dietitian requires a four-year degree, internship program, a certification exam. It's a, a credentialed position, but a nutritionist can be anybody. For me, I'm not too prickly about it. I, I know the certifications I have. And I'm not too worried about it, but it is uh, it is something that we like to clarify when we can. <laughs> You're proud of those letters you have behind your name. Yep, yep, we got it. <laughs> so um, in interviews we've done in the past, there always seems to be like a lot more that goes into the job than us as fans realize. What does like a normal day look like for you? Well, I'm not sure I can say what a normal day is because literally every day is different. Every week is different. But in general, when I'm home, and that means when I'm not traveling with Team USA, uh, it's a mixture between Oakland University Athletics and Pistons. Um, So it'll depend on if I'm at Oakland, I might be seeing a lot of individual athletes one-on-one. I might be doing hydration testing, which involves um, collecting urine samples. I might be doing uh, body composition testing, teaching athletes how to cook, taking them grocery shopping. Um, do all sorts of different activities like that in the college setting. And then oftentimes I'll work there and then go down to Detroit for a game. And when I'm at the games, 
I do a lot of collaboration with our chef. Um, he and I, you know, design the menus together and I help him by doing the recovery smoothies after games, putting out fueling during halftime, um, just generally around to talk to the guys, be a familiar face, build rapport, answer questions. We try to sneak in education where we can. So, you know, providing information, writing little notes on our boards that we have, um, checking in with the sports medicine staff. All of those things happen on a game night. At practice, it's similar, checking in with guys on how their programs are going, checking in with sports medicine. Watching is a really, really important piece, getting to know the game, knowing how guys are playing, seeing body language, those kind of things are really important. Um, that I think sometimes we forget about the importance of watching and being a good observer. So those things all happen um, on any given day when I'm at home. When I'm traveling, um, when I'm with hockey, it's basically like as much food service as you can possibly do. So I'm always at the grocery store buying snacks. I am often doing body composition with that group as well. Recovery, fuel, hydration, testing. With hockey, it's very much um, a team approach. Team USA's motto is part of something bigger than yourself. So they really like live and breathe like you do whatever anyone needs. So I may help out the video guy. I may help out our equipment team. I may help out our team doctor. An extra pair of hands for whatever needs to happen on those trips, which ends up being a lot of fun. And figure skating, it's a lot of the same sort of um, providing fueling on the ground. The figure skating, a lot um, is working through the culture and the food fears and the education or lack thereof that, you know, is kind of a, a taboo word. Um, and figure skating nutrition has sometimes been something that's pushed to the side, but we've been working really hard to integrate ourselves on the ground. Um and into sports medicine and, and be accepted in that environment. And we're pretty excited about how far that's come. So long story short, it's every day is different. <laughs> and uh, there really is no normal day, but that's part of the, the good thing about it. Yeah, every day definitely sounds different for you, especially because you're bouncing back and forth between different sports. Is there, I just kind of thought about this question, is there any specific food that you, when you kind of like suggest to your players or your athletes that they just kind of, I don't know, shirk away from or turn their nose up at, like they don't want to eat that at all? You know, it, it depends on what kind of context. I mean, for the most part, everyone needs to eat more vegetables and that's can be a hard battle. <laughs> I find that particularly challenging with Pistons. They're not a big <laughs> vegetable crew. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, sometimes it's carbohydrate when you're talking about aesthetic sports and um, people who are trying to control body weight, body fat. There's a lot of fear of carbs, and we're always trying to get those athletes to eat more of them. That's their main source of muscle fuel, muscle energy. So what we recommend and what we ask them to avoid or minimize, it, it's different depending on the sport, the training volume, and then especially the goals that those specific athletes are after. So we take a very, very much individualized approach to nutrition. And there's not ever like all athletes in this sport should do this. Um, it's very much individualized as much as we can. So you're not having to like, or you might be having to like force feed some of the piston players like broccoli or Brussels sprouts or something like that. <laughs> 
Well, don't tell them, but we try to sneak it where we can. Um, hey, it's smart. I, well, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. The first year I was there, we tried to sneak cauliflower into the Alfredo sauce. And <laughs> we got away with it for a little while, but not very long. Um, so we, we sneak it in when we can, whether it's in like a meatball or making like a tater tot type of dish that has a little bit of broccoli in it. Um, our chef is great at making things taste good, and if it if you can get them to taste it and they like it, then you're in. So he's really great about being creative, and he's such a great chef that um, if they're willing to try what we put in front of them, they almost always like it. It's just the getting to try it part that can be challenging. <laughs> that is so sneaky, sneaking it into a meatball and Alfredo sauce. Yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah, you got to do those things. Man, yeah. <laughs> sounds like dealing with kids. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it's sometimes it is a little bit like that but you don't have to comment on that it's okay <laughs> <laughs> and that's not just with those guys it's with many of them so how have you seen diet kind of make a difference in athletes performance you know the first thing and this is like almost across the board when people make changes no matter what the changes are whether it's they drink more water they eat more carbs they eat more fruit Whatever it is, almost always they'll come back and say they have more energy. And if they have better energy, they can push harder in a practice. They can go longer. They feel better. Um, sometimes they have less of a distraction because if you're tired or you have a headache, then you're not thinking about what you should be focused on. So that is almost always feedback that we get. The other thing that's been interesting is a lot of times they'll say their stomach or their digestion feels a lot better. And again, that's less of a distraction if they're feeling better and then more focus they can put into their training or to their sport. So I think those two things really stand out to me um, as far as how it can make an actual like tangible difference in their performance. So with all the trends and, for lack of a better word, fads going on, especially in the diet world, uh, I'm thinking of examples like the keto diet, the Whole30, kind of the intermittent fasting as well. What do you recommend for your athletes just to keep them healthy? Is it just kind of like, is it the sole focus on, let's take the Pistons, for example, is the sole focus on just kind of maintaining that energy level? Or is there something, is there like a baseline diet that you're looking for besides like extra, extra, extra vegetables? <laughs> well, we certainly want to get everybody up to like this baseline of what's considered healthy. But again, it's just so individualized and we really have to meet people where they're at. I mean, there's such a big variety, especially on that team of, of diets, of education levels, of behavior. Um, so you may have a guy who is like a chicken finger and French fry guy, and then we have a vegan. So those guys are never going to have the same diets ever, no matter what we do or what we recommend. So it's just, again, building the rapport, getting to know as much as we can about each athlete, um, and then making available a lot of different options. We have so much food <laughs> and so many different protein choices and carb choices and just try to touch on whatever anyone could ever want so there's never an excuse to not eat the healthy food that we're providing. But, you know, those, the fads are tricky because sometimes they work for people. And I've had to be really flexible, especially when it comes to the plant-based or vegan, um, which typically is it's a much harder diet to follow. 
especially for athletes that travel like they do and rely on food from a hotel or from an arena or from a plane. Um, it's a lot of extra planning that has to go into it. Um, so I was, I was pretty anti plant-based with a particular athlete, but he's done great on it and he's doing really well, feeling good, really healthy. So I've had to be a little flexible and kind of um, broaden my horizons a little bit. You know, and sometimes I work with the staff or coaches, different people ask questions, and they've followed something like an intermittent fasting or a keto. And if it works for them and it's not hurting them, then, you know, I have to be a little bit more open-minded because sometimes those things work for people. Um, and if we can get them to do it in a healthy way, we know that they're not deficient in certain nutrients, they have enough food available to them, then why not try some of those things? So I think I've gotten a little bit more open-minded when it comes to those special diets to a certain extent. Doing all that you do and kind of switching around from each sport, what is it? What is that kind of like? And how, how is it different training athletes on the, the figure skating team versus athletes on the hockey team versus the Pistons and anyone at Oakland University? How How, how is that like? bouncing back and forth yeah well (laughs) it's crazy um what I've learned though is nutritionally there's so many more similarities than there are differences the difference comes in the culture of the sport or the organization or the environment and that's the piece that takes a little bit longer because I can go in you know to any any of those environments and probably know what to do but if you don't know the culture well enough and you can't fit in, then you can't make a difference for those people. So that's the piece that takes time, especially I try to teach um, young and new dietitians that it's okay, you know, to, to observe and to learn and get to know people before you try to start changing things or educating them. You've got to learn the sport and learn the people and build rapport. So that's what I've learned. But nutritionally, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, a figure skater trying to lean out and a basketball player trying to lean out, we oftentimes use similar strategies. We also have figure skating coaches with, uh, you know, promoting poor decisions regarding body weight, what they expect of their athletes. And we have basketball coaches that put unnecessary pressure on the bodies of their athletes. So a lot of those things really cross sports, cross levels of sport, too. So you may see that in a high school coach and an Olympic coach. You know, good, bad, ugly, in between. There's so many similarities. So I think as dietitians and in you know sports medicine field in general, I think people are just really working on trying to educate as much as we can. And um, if we can start educating earlier... Um, you're going to get better, healthier athletes and better, healthier coaches too along the way and parents and all the people that are involved. So it'll be exciting to see as the sports nutrition field grows and other sports medicine fields grow, especially sports psychology, um, how the landscape is going to change over time. Yeah, yeah, that makes actually that makes a lot of sense for sure. Um, you talked a little bit about kind of introducing yourself to the culture before starting to make change with some of the players or the athletes. Can you give us an example of that? Yeah, just kind of learning the culture. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I guess between sports, I guess how does that different? Like, are you looking? Are you just kind of just observing first? Is that what you mean when you say kind of adjusting to the quote unquote culture? Yeah, I think going in there and asking a lot of questions, watching, being present is something that's not 
I think noticed or valued enough of just being around and being a friendly face and somebody that people recognize. I think one thing that sticks out in particular for me that I remember, um, first starting with in figure skating, our, our program has grown a lot, our nutrition program with the national level athletes in the past five years. And we have this little like rolling cooler that the dietitians kind of uh, take around the different events and we'll hand out recovery snacks to the athletes. The first year we were there, I remember uh, a coach came up to me and said, do not give my skater any snacks. She does not need any snacks. And we're like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so it was kind of this, like, really negative connotation towards nutrition. But over the past couple of years, she's been educated a lot. We've worked with her skater specifically a whole lot. And we've seen just more and more buy-in to what we're trying to do. Um, in this past U.S. Championships, we actually had coaches come to us asking for food to give to their athletes when they got off the ice and like those little things like mean so much to us and we were so excited about it and people seeking us out trying to find the recovery snacks and asking questions so those are really big evolution for that sport but had we come up to that coach five years ago and said well no don't you understand that carbs are good for your skater we would have lost her so it's just understanding that it takes time and it takes education and trust and same with pistons too i'm definitely not there yet i'm still kind of the new person um, i'm contract so i'm not there 100 of the time so building rapport and being able to make changes and help guys on an individual basis is going to just take a little bit longer yeah that that definitely makes sense and i'm sure that definitely that's got to definitely be a challenge for you, just working slow. I'm sure it's like a slow and steady process, building those relationships and, and building that trust up. Yeah, lots of patience. <laughs> oh, yeah. What sport would you say offers you the biggest challenge? You know, they all have challenges and they all have, you know, their pros and cons. I would say the most difficult are typically the aesthetic type sports or any low body weight sport eating disorders or disordered eating is a really, really challenging scenario to deal with that is something that's more common in figure skating, um, in cross country, those two sports. Um, I have quite a few athletes that are struggling with those type of issues. Those are the hardest because they require just so much time, so much energy and such a big team involvement, care team involvement. Those athletes require weekly, if not daily, check-ins um, and daily or weekly communication with the care team and just watching them closely because you do have such a high risk to the actual health and safety of those athletes. They, they're stressful. They're a lot of work. But, of course, it's also rewarding, too, when you can help people through those extremely challenging times, and you certainly learn a lot as a practitioner every time you have one of those situations. Have you noticed that's more at the um, like university or collegiate level, or is that kind of straight across the board for athletes? You know, it's hard to say. I, I would like to think you see it more in collegiate athletics because we're catching them earlier before they get to those higher levels, but that's not always the case. Collegiate may be the first time that you know, an athlete has had access to a sports medicine team where it would get noticed. So I would say that's probably an area where we catch more of them and we're really trying to get better at screening our athletes, identifying who needs help 
before it becomes this huge problem that takes them, you know, a lifetime sometimes to deal with. So we're working on it. Figure skating is um, a lot of initiatives and a lot of work happening right now. I'm trying to identify eating disorders, um, disordered eating, which it just means like a subclinical eating disorder. Maybe they have um, different behaviors they exhibit, but it hasn't risen to the level of a clinically diagnosable eating disorder. Um, so figure skating is doing a lot of work, um, a lot of research of trying to, to do a better job of screening, which is awesome. And then how do we handle those athletes once we find out the ones that have the problems, what do we do with them? Um, so we're trying to clean up all of those different practices and protocols just so that we're doing a better and better job. Because the easier, you know, it's easier to treat them the earlier that you find them. So it sounds like a lot of the foods that you recommend are actual like natural foods. But what are your thoughts on, say, supplements? Kind of like, well, I guess, uh, what are your pros and cons about them specifically? If you even, if you use the supplements with your uh, athletes. I do. I really do. You know, there's a lot of bad products. There's a lot of bad people and bad business practices. It's a huge, huge industry that causes a lot of headaches for <laughs> sports medicine, for dietitians, especially in Team USA, which is, you know, of course, drug testing is a huge concern and we have to be so, so safe, those athletes especially. But we can't deny that there are some products, some substances that work. And if they're safe, if they're illegal, if they're effective, if it's feasible and affordable for our athletes to obtain them, then heck yeah, do it. I mean, protein powders, basic vitamins and minerals as needed, uh, creatine, caffeine, those are all things that have research uh, behind them. We know they work. We know they're safe. So just trying to teach athletes how to use them properly, what the safe brands are, how to identify what's safe and what's not for them to use. That's a challenge. Um, and the higher level they go, you know, professional athletes are um, national team athletes. They're targeted by companies. Um, they're offered sponsorships. So I have, you know, some athletes that have sponsorships with companies that I wouldn't recommend. But it becomes their choice as well. So we just try to educate and guide them on how to do it safely. But yeah, for sure, if there's something that's that's safe and legal, that's going to give us an edge or improve their health, then we're going to use it. So kind of thinking more specifically for the Pistons on this one, how do you or, or like the dietitian team kind of monitor what they're eating and making sure they're not going back to their house or apartment and just eating a bunch of junk food and playing video <laughs> games or something like that, especially maybe like yeah. right now while the league's not <laughs> yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah, well, right now is a totally different ballgame. We need a whole podcast just to talk about <laughs> that piece. But, um, I mean, they do. They are going to go get their own food. They're they're going to do those things. But my philosophy, my approach has been let's offer as many good things as we possibly can so that they want to eat what we have available. We've expanded the food service operation in a huge, huge way. And one of those pieces has been the opening of our new um, practice facility and partnering with a new food service company and new chefs that are in charge of their day-to-day -day meals when they're not in the game setting and when they're not traveling. Um, and they've done an awesome job of providing things that the guys like 
and offering them food to take home as well. So instead of them, you know, eating with us and then leaving and going to get fast food or something later, we try to offer as much as we can so that they're eating what we're providing. I also try to spend time at the beginning of the season um, talking to the players about things they like, things they don't like, what they've had at other teams or what we've done in the past. Really trying to make them feel like they're part of the process, too, I think always helps people with buy-in and making them want to to try things that we have. Um, And lastly, we have a lot of um, kind of action stations, we call them. So our chefs will, you know, do things made to order. And if they can choose what goes in it, they're also a little bit more likely, I think, to want to eat those things. So all of those things all together um, and just improving the quality of what we provide on the road too has been a big piece. I think that's, that's helped, but of course we can't control everything they do and we don't want to make them feel like we're trying to do that either. I want to feel like it's a good, hospitable, healthy, happy environment that they want to partake in. So that's been my, my philosophy towards it. So before we jumped in this question, you said we might need a whole podcast for talking about the NBA shutdown right now. Do you mind yeah. shedding a little light on that? Yeah, I mean, we've just been trying to arrange for them to have what they need during this time. So um, whether that's drop-offs of meals to their homes, or shipping supplements, um, getting them other supplies that they need, it's been quite the operation to try to make sure everybody has what they need. It's not just that it's shut down, it's that you know, our guys are quarantined like anyone else that has been exposed to the virus. So they can't leave to go get their own food. Um, you know, some guys have significant others or chefs or other people that help and some don't. So we're trying to just make as much available to them as we can. So our chef from the practice facility has really taken ownership of all the cooking and delivery. And he's been a huge help for us. Oh, wow. So what would you recommend for any of our listeners who aren't athletes and they just want to stay healthy? Well, I think with that, you have to improve where you're at. We're not going to have a sustainable, healthy lifestyle if you try to completely overhaul your lifestyle all in one shot. So picking a couple of different areas to work on, making those better and building the habits, and then moving on to the next item that needs to be addressed. I think that is a really key piece for people. I think people also forget when they get lost in in a specific goal, especially in weight goals, that um, being happy, feeling satisfied, um, sustainable habits, life, (laughs) all of those things are just as important and just as important to your health as being in a specific weight. People get so wrapped up in weighing a certain number that they think it's worth it to sacrifice, you know, happiness, feeling, you know, satiated, enjoying foods that they liked or social social interactions that they would like for the sake of a number. And I would say that that's not a healthy approach. So pick a couple of things, do them really well, build some better habits, but also remember that there's life and we want you to be happy too and not just a specific weight. So for any of our listeners out there who might be interested in becoming a, a dietitian, what what would you recommend to them? Well, there's a lot of different um, 
arenas that dietitians are involved in now, which is really great for the field. So sports is obviously just one, but when I was in school, it was just, you had the choice of going clinical, food service, or community health, and you had to fit into one of those three tracks, and that was really all they taught you about. But there's dietitians everywhere in all different types of industries, in corporate world, in works, uh, workplace wellness, in um, R&D, like development of products and foods and, you know, sports nutrition products and uh, schools at restaurants, you know, big chain restaurants even, like Subway has a dietitian, McDonald's has dietitians, pizza companies have dietitians. Like there's really cool ways to be involved in nutrition and not just kind of getting shoehorned into these three different windows that you can go within. So exploring the field, talking to dietitians, and then making sure that you find a program that's a good fit for you And there's a lot of dietetics programs around, a lot of different universities and internships. And um, so do do some homework before you jump in and make sure you find the right place, the right fit, the right channel of nutrition to go down. So what are some of the most creative meals that the practice facility chef has ever prepared that you've seen or tried? I know that you mentioned him trying to sneak some vegetables in there where he can, but I'm sure there's other ways that he's kind of uh, shown off his skill. Yeah, well, we have a couple different, you know, main chefs. So we have our main chef at the arena that does game day. And um, he and I try to do things that are, you know, pretty stable. We're not going to do anything crazy on a game night. But our chef at the practice center has a little more flexibility to do fun things. He did the other day some breakfast tacos. He's done breakfast pizza. He does all sorts of different soups and sandwiches. Let's see. He does really cool French, uh, French toast pancakes with all sorts of different ingredients he's had to play around with a lot of different vegan options there's a vegan egg substitute that he's been playing around with so just again just things to to draw people in while also having the plain stuff for the the guys that aren't going to branch out very much so what have been kind of your your favorite moments on the job or like highlights on the job that, that you've had uh well Last, was it last season? I think it was last season. Our chef from um, Game Day Chef, Chef T and I went on a road trip with Pistons. And, um, you know, we flew with the team. We went to Milwaukee and got to be part of that trip. And that was probably one of the coolest experiences I've had. Um, just I remember he and I just sitting on the plane and Rick Mahorn was behind us. And I'm thinking, how in the world did I get on this plane sitting next to Rick Mahorn, like, how did my life get to this point? So that was a really cool moment of just thinking about, you know, putting things in perspective and being a part of that organization and really feeling like they were supporting us. And that was a really exciting moment with the team. Making the playoffs last year, that was really exciting. This year, I got to be a part of um, training camp, preseason camp. I was with the guys all week. And that was, again, that was just a really rewarding time to be in it, get to know people and really showcase what a dietitian can do day to day and really start to build rapport and build relationships with the team. So that preseason week was a really special one and it was really fun as well. 
That's awesome. Well, it's been a privilege having you on the podcast. I know I've definitely learned a lot today. Honestly, like starting out, even the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist, I will make sure I never get that mixed up again. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't forget about sneaking your vegetables and meatballs and uh, That's cauliflower true. alfredo sauce. I mean, we might be stealing that recipe now. Yep, just don't tell people that you're doing that. Yeah, I'll make sure my wife doesn't listen. I'll make sure my wife doesn't listen to this episode. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. It's always so much fun to be able to talk about the field and it always is good to, to push me too to, to talk about these things and think through my career and life and it just makes things makes you feel really grateful for what I get to do and to be able to share it with people so awesome well thanks for listening guys don't forget to eat your veggies <laughs>